Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Epp. It is May 24th, 2021. This is the Fightful Post-Raw podcast at Fightful.com. We got Denise Salcedo here. Hello. Denise, happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. We will have met each other by the time next week's show happens. Isn't that crazy, Denise? So do you think that we're still going to be friends after we meet each other? in real life or do you think we hate each other after that doubt it i'm very excited like at the aew show i you know i thought about it i was like maybe they'll sit me and denise together and i was like you know what i'd kind of prefer if she was two rows over and i'm like hey denise what did you think about that the whole time you know i i I don't even know because I don't want you to embarrass me shouting at me two rows away from me. And then I'm going to be like, I don't know him. I'll be looking the other direction. (laughs) Everybody there knows us, Denise. Every single person in that media section. Everybody knows you, okay? Oh, come on. I'm the jobber in this relationship, okay? Oh, wow. I'm I'm the jobber. Well, guys, if you. I'll just be standing there like. Hey, Sean, you're going to be like, oh, what's up? And I'll just be there like, hey. Big news, Denise. Also, our show returns to Facebook next week. It has been off for 30 days because I've been suspended from Facebook for 30 days. Stop fighting with people, Sean. It's that easy. You don't fight with them. You don't get blocked. I didn't fight with anybody. I said I was going to beat up the Ted DiBiase wrestling buddy. Oh, yeah. That's that's still the reason why. That was like 30 days. I got 30 days for that. I felt like you told me that last year. Yeah, I know. It's been a while, but I don't miss it whatsoever. But uh, guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Please tap that bell for notifications. Subscribe. about this? Send a super chat. You'll get your question or statement right on the air. Here's my plugs for this week. This Thursday, I got an interview with EC3 dropping. Freethenarrative.com. It is, uh, I'll say this, I got an early look at it. It is way different than anything else you've seen in wrestling. And uh, I enjoyed it more as it went along. It was really something that I, I looked at and I said, okay, it makes sense that he had this vision now. Uh, we, we're going to be talking about that. But tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm talking to EJ Nduka. And for those of you who aren't familiar with that name, 
that is the former Ezra James from NXT, and he made some headlines last week, Denise, because yeah, he did. <laughs> I reported that he almost got into a little bit of a scuffle with a recently released WWE referee, and as, as he he does talk about that in our interview, and he said specifically one of the coaches came up to him and said, "Good on you, man. Good on you." I don't think scuffle is the word that justifies that. <laughs> I don't think it would have. I'm excited to see what he had to say, though. I do not think it would have been a scuffle. I think it would have been very short. <laughs> um, he is 6'6", 265. He is a big boy, and size doesn't always matter. But in that situation, I think it's going to matter. But check that out. It drops at noon Eastern. I already have notes up on FightfulSelect.com. But Denise... We'll talk about this as we kick off the show. Some news I broke today on Fightful Select. In addition to Rick Boogs popping up on NXT, there are going to be more call-ups, or at least there are some planned across NXT and NXT UK, I'm told. Thank God. That was one of the things where it's like, find positions for people, even if you're not going to put them in matches or whatever the case may be. Heck, utilize some of their other talents like they did with Rick and the guitar playing. I think this it's a brilliant idea to call call people up, not just obviously for to have them wrestle matches, but even just finding other positions for them on the show. Yes, uh, I'm very excited about that. Um I, I know of one that I cannot put out there, but it's not one that anybody is expecting. And I'm going to have some more news on what I can report on FightfulSelect.com this week. I have a bunch of scoops going up on FightfulSelect.com this week. So please subscribe. It would help us out. Dude, you blew up my emails. Like, I know. <laughs> it would, I would go on. I have, I have like a special email for everything. So all yeah. my Fightful Select emails go to one direct email. And it was like this, that, this, that. Like within hours apart, I was like, Jesus, Sean. I mean, I know people, all right? I know people. I talk to people, Denise. What can I say? But we already have some super chats. We already have some people supporting us right now. Matt James says, I was hopeful with a five-week gap between Backlash and Hell in a Cell, they'd build efficient stories going forward. At 8.45, I threw in the towel. My problem, Denise, is that the stories that they're building, nobody's getting over. Nobody goes over in this stuff. It's win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. And this show is littered with it. I think there was a lot of people today that you can say looked not smart and that was very unfortunate because there were some people where you're like, this isn't right for their character or who they are, or who you know WWE wants them to be. And obviously, we'll get into more of who those people are as we run yeah. through the entire show. But honestly, the big, big, I think, theme of today for me was the fact that it was just too obvious that we are getting too much repeat stuff. Like, there's certain weeks where it's like, okay, if you're watching religiously every week, you're going to point it out, right? No, this time it was like smack right in your face. This is going to be a repeat thing. Oh, we're already getting this next week. It, it was too obvious today. And WWE Mark says Raw is like they took last week and jumbled it up, and it already looks like next week is going to be the same thing. The same thing. Uh, Kim Chi says, at this point, what can Raw do to change the ship other than stop the constant rematches? Is this where the superstar shakeup works? No, because it has been consistent. I'm in the middle of a 3,500-word column for WrestleTalk Magazine right now about how lazy the WWE booking is. And I never thought I'd get to the point to where I didn't watch Raw from start to finish as it was on the air. 
now I can't imagine not doing that because of this. They don't, it's not must watch anymore. There's stuff that happens on there, but you can catch up in 15 minutes. There was one thing I considered must watch on this show and it had no stakes whatsoever. And, and we'll talk about that later, but they've got enough talent to fill out a three hour show, Denise. The talent is not the problem. It's obviously the creative. It's just the, the, you talk about it every week. It's the lazy booking. And I know it sounds harsh to say, but the last couple of weeks, it's just been, like I said, too obvious. It's been very obvious. And there are some things that have some promise. Um, I'm going to put over Humberto tonight. I thought that was, that was good stuff, but there's some stuff and you can see you're like, Oh my gosh, that would be really, really good. But we do actually have some non WWE uh, chats. Matt J. Hendricks says, Jinsei Shinzaki looked 50 or is 54 and looked Jack Saturday. That's the former Hakushi. I know you're talking about the Hana uh, tribute show. And uh, we had a super chat about that. I wanted to, to highlight it, but um, somebody, uh, yeah, Ken Shiro said, uh, thanks for watching Raw. What did you all think of that show? Did you get to watch it by chance? I didn't get to watch it. I, I, I was my day off on Saturday. I went to Universal Studios. I saw that. It was, it was very good. It was very emotional. I was so glad that they did that. Um, you all should go out of your way. You should buy the replay and support Hannah's family. I would really, really encourage you guys to do that. Please do so. We have results up. But you know what? Go go support the family. It's a great thing. Fight did not do media codes. They did not do like uh, contest codes for that. And I, I thought that was a really good good thing because you want to support the family there and just just really good stuff there. Uh, Nerd Guru says, Monday night rematch is all bad. Nothing matters. I hate it here. In the words of the great Alex Pawlowski, everything sucks. Also, Riker beat AJ. Woof. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And meanwhile, I'm getting told that there's a Rapongi Vice reunion on AEW Dark Elevation. Like I would have really liked to have seen that, and, <sighs> and instead I have no idea what's happening on the show. So there's that. You know, today I tweeted. I asked people like, "Who's watching?" I kind of felt jealous of the people that were like, "No, peace. I'm out. I'm watching something else." I was like, "Oh, screw you guys. <laughs> I'll sit here and watch it." And then I saw your tweet that you were coming in like an hour and fifteen minutes. I was like, "God damn it! Oh yeah, I'm sitting here. I felt alone." <laughs> I can I can watch. I can start at. 9 15 and catch up usually I, I like to give myself a cushion realistically if i started at 9 30 i can catch up but i don't want to run the risk of running this show late uh i just don't think that'd be fair to our viewers but Devin says my idea is if they can't get lashley versus lesnar at SummerSlam, trade biggie to raw reunite him with new day and take the belt from lashley at SummerSlam. thoughts well oh, yeah. i feel like i should save this for the xavier match but Based on what I saw to Xavier tonight, I was like, I don't want him playing second or third fiddle to anybody after that. My God, that was incredible. I like that you mentioned the fact that you don't want him to play second fiddle because that is the truth. I think that there's a lot of times where we see guys that are always put like in a certain position. They're always the shadow per se. And then they end up having some of the most explosive matches. So, And it, it's obviously something that we already know. It's not like it's the first time we've ever seen Xavier Woods. But when you talked about today having one main highlight of the show, I think everybody knew, here knew what it was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt Hendrick says Konami was trained by Asuka. She's really good. Yes, she is. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this show. Evan Wright mentions the Rapongi Vice reunion on Dark as well. But this show, 
kicked us off, and and we've got Vandalia saying, "Why watch it when you watch it for us?" I mean, legitimately, I used to think that those people that would say, "Oh, well, I just watch your post show," I'm like, "You care that that much?" Even I'm I'm glad that people do it because it seems like a whole lot of people. Yeah. I saw a lot of those comments today and I was even having that conversation where I was like, wow, I didn't realize just how many people don't actually watch the show, but they'll watch a post show, whether it be ours or whether it be somebody else's. And that's pretty, pretty interesting to say. I love it. Uh, Cyclops says quitting raw was the best decision I ever made. (laughs) And Ricardo says too good for tunes. Boo Denise. Oh, yeah. I said cartoons suck. That's my newest thing. Wow. Your newest thing. You've always got to have a thing. You've always got to have a gimmick. Can't just be yourself. Oh, really? Really? Hold on. This is coming from like how many of your names do you have, Sean? I mean, at this point, I've lost track of all of your gimmicks. No, pardon me. My gimmick one time on Quizzlemania was no gimmicks needed. King Dong Lord Senpai Sean Ross Sapp of the FTF movement. That no, was my gimmick. So, but I said no gimmicks needed before that. So it means I don't have gimmicks. Sean, I'm not that dumb. I wasn't born yesterday, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. All right, let's talk about what kicked off this show. MVP and Lashley have some girls out there. Uh, they didn't bring back the popular girls from last week that, that created a significant Twitter buzz. So I was a little bit surprised yeah, by that. that. What Twitter buzz? Oh, boy. People, people were excited about the girls last week. Not, not taking anything away from the girls this week. But, I mean, there were a couple of particular girls that caught the interest of Twitter, the Twitter wrestling world. Oh, okay. See, yeah. now it's left out. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I mean, they've got more beautiful women out there with them this time. And MVP and Lashley say if they, if it were up to them, no more Drew getting title shots. And you know what, Denise? I agree. I can't say I disagree. And okay, we all know here what Drew McIntyre is supposed to be on the WWE roster, on the Raw roster, excuse me. And we know what Bobby Lashley is supposed to be. And in this segment, the entire time, I kept thinking to myself, how the hell is it that your heel, your bad guy, is the one that is legitimately making sense here? I'm sorry. As much as I love Drew McIntyre and as much as I'm a fan here, he's already had all of his chances, all of his opportunities. That is it. Bobby Lashley is right. He should not be getting any more rematches. And this is a part of that cycle of apathetic WWE booking. It's just, uh, when I saw what happened, I was like, okay, well, Kofi deserves a title shot completely separate of Drew. And Kofi comes out after Drew did, by the way. And he's like, man, you've gotten so many rematches. And I never got one. Now, if in under normal circumstances, I would say within the context of the show, well, Kofi, you lost in like 10 seconds. You shouldn't get one. Or I would say, well, Kofi, they got rid of those in December 2018. But he's right. Because his thing is, I haven't been bitching about not getting a rematch for a year and a half. Kofi has not been bitching and whining about not getting a rematch because he knows he's not entitled to it. That was inferred in this. But since Drew is there doing it, and Drew constantly gets rematches, why wouldn't Kofi do it? If it's as easy as just saying, hey, I should get one, then yeah, Kofi should be asking for one. But even separate of that, Denise, Kofi beat Lashley last week. 
And based on anything we've seen in WWE, if you pin the champion, you get a title match. Oh, by the way, he beat Randy Orton. That slithery little snack. He beat him last week, too. So Adam Pierce, when he came out and he said, we need to settle this debate, I thought to myself, what debate? I yes. think we're all on the same page here. It's not like this is a situation where half of the people are torn and half of the people are like, no, we got to go this direction because this. Another person's like, no, well, I got a counterpoint. We don't have any. I think everybody here can agree that if you're going to from out of two guys, Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre, who deserves this match against Bobby Lashley? We're all going to agree that it's Kofi Kingston. At some at this point. Now, I'm talking about the character Drew McIntyre, not the person Drew McIntyre. The person Drew McIntyre works his ass off, is very driven, deserves everything he gets. At some point, you got to have somebody hit him with a dose of reality and say, remember when you were the chosen one and you squandered it? Remember when Vince brought you out and then you squandered it and you didn't care and to the point where you got fired? And then remember when you were champion and then you got like a billion rematches? It's like... He's went from the character who works hard to the character who has fallen back into a lot of the things that led him to this point. A lot of things that get handed to him. Now, they have a match, Denise, and it's a really good match. Kofi gets suplexed all over the place. He has timed his double stomps so great. I love that Drew does the the Michinoku driver all the time now. It's such a great move to add to all this. Uh, D'Lo says, I liked how Kofi addressed rematches in his promo. It was fantastic. It was good. He he makes chicken salad out of chicken shit with regularity to do any of the, the New Day guys. This match was pay-per-view quality, and then it went to a DQ. And there were two things I particularly hated about this, Denise. Before commercial, you've got... Drew in there with a former WWE champion, won the title at WrestleMania, one of the greatest WrestleMania moments ever, and he's standing on the second rope, and he's spending a full minute in the middle of a match staring at Bobby Lashley and pointing at him and taunting him. Why? First off, why? And then the match ends when Drew is out there fiddling around with Bobby Lashley at ringside, and he gets knocked into him. So the story of this is, Denise, Drew McIntyre feels like he's owed something because he got distracted for half a second at WrestleMania. That's his fault. MVP did not do anything. That he wasn't, nothing that bad. So either this is really bad booking or the character, Drew McIntyre, is dumb and has not learned from distractions because he's standing on the second rope distracting himself he's going outside the ring and distracting himself he's doing this stuff okay so going back to the distractions here's an alternative of what they could have done so we're all tired of drew mcintyre coming out and essentially begging right begging for this rematch okay 
So what they could have done instead leading up to Hell in a Cell is they could have done a tournament. They could have done Hell, an eight-man tournament, where they could have even told the story that MVP is trying to eliminate Drew McIntyre from this tournament by doing all these distractions. But none of these distractions phase Drew McIntyre either way. That way he could sort of be like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm over with all of these distractions. I'm here. I'm in the right set. I have the right fr- uh, frame of mind to actually go into this match and actually win this time. I think had they told a story like that, instead of having them out each and every single week, cutting the same promo over and over, becoming unlikable, which sucks because Drew McIntyre at one point was very, very likable. And now, obviously, he isn't. Had they done something like this, I thought it would have been more favorable. Now, in regards to this actual match, to me, it pissed me off because here's why. So you mentioned that this this match was good, and it was. They did a lot that I really, really liked in this match. But my issue with this is that... Um, okay, so we had two commercial breaks. I think it ended like my time, 5.40, 5.41 p.m. You're talking about a 40-minute or so segment here with these guys. And for it to end the way that it did, it makes me upset because this is why WWE fans, when you're watching Raw, are trained to not take uh, these long matches seriously because this is what you know. What you're telling me now, what you've programmed me to believe now every time I see these long matches is that A, you're stalling for time, and B, this is not going to mean anything in the end. And that is what I felt today during the segment is that had they just gone ahead and given me a clean-cut winner, I don't care who it was at this point, uh, I... I'll be honest with you. I was rooting for Kofi though. As much as I like, I was rooting for Kofi here, but it, it just, it makes me mad that they wasted this big chunk of almost an hour for it to essentially be like, well, we're getting it next week. Yep. They have conditioned you to realize that nothing matters in 45 minutes of this. It didn't matter. Now there's going to be somebody that tries to make an excuse and says long-term storytelling. Oh, they stretched it out. They're good. No, I just spent 45 minutes And if I had not watched a second of that 45 minutes, I'd be completely fine. Despite the match being good, nothing ever matters here. We have a bunch of super chats about this. Drew Nicholas says, Drew's wasn't even the worst distraction of the night. That main of, oh boy, yes. Cyclops says, uh, Drew's been dead since Roman killed him in that promo. They, they've, They've been running Drew into the ground since immediately after WrestleMania. They, they, over the course of a year, they booked him against like two winners. They booked him against Randy Orton on a white hot streak and Bobby Lashley when he was first getting momentum. And besides that, they've had him facing a bunch of losers. And, and that's that within the context of this show. Uh, we, uh, got a super chat, uh, about one of the, the wonderful women last week. Thank you, Cyclops, for that. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't add to this conversation. I'm out on this one. <laughs> I am a lucha says I'd rather work off a blue chew with sandpaper gloves than watch Raw right now. Thank you to Dong Lord and Jobber Salcedo for covering this sad show for us. Well, thank I'm you all. Cross. I'm happy to be a jobbing. This is my <laughs> moment right now. Well, thank you all. Hey, if you want to show your support a little bit more, send a super chat. I can't tell you how much that helps, especially since we gave Denise a giant raise. Oh, my God. That was like a year ago. Please. Yeah, that was three weeks ago, Denise. Mm-hmm. Nerd Guru says. There's no Drew, way. Drew is now like 2017 Roman, which is sad. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to think about it like that. I feel bad. feel bad that this just dawned on me. Thomas Garner says if McIntyre wins next week, they're going to cause another Kofi mania. 
at this point, I would be happy if gender cost him the match and you went to a gender Drew feud. I would much rather see that than Drew in the title picture even more. No, I'll do anything but that. I'm sorry. I would not be interested in that. And I'll just come on here and complain about something different next. Oh, oh, I don't doubt that I'd be complaining about something different, but I'd, I'd rather it be me complaining about something different than me complaining about the same shit every week. Isn't that sad? Did you just hear what you yep. just said? We've it's very sad. That point that you'd rather complain about something different than complaining about the it's, same thing. It's, it's very sad. Evan, I saw your super chat, but I'll pop this one up there. He says, typical Vince girls got over last week, but didn't bring them back. Shame. Man, my Twitter feed must suck. I didn't see any of this. I'm disappointed. Some stupid punks as WWE says they want long-term storytelling. What's that? Just send them out for a 45-minute segment. How's that for long-term, pal? If it had if if it had a definitive ending, it would have been fine. But it didn't have a definitive ending, and that's that's where we are. Ken Shiro says people need to learn the difference between long term storytelling and literally doing the same thing with no changes every week until progress. Yep, Put that I on agree. Shirt. Uh, Crimson ninety four sends us a chat that says they need to bring back broken dreams for Drew, especially since he lost the title and doesn't deserve the rematch. Uh, I think they if they turn him heel, I think that would be a good thing to do like if he went to a more dark element of things i think that would work out pretty well for him but backstage adam pierce just says we're running it back next week denise okay so get this all right i'll be real with you when he was talking i was tweeting about something else i don't know what i was tweeting about right and then i was like did he just say what I think he said? Because I wasn't, I didn't think he was going to actually, we're going to do anything of note here. And then when I heard that, I was like, no, no, I heard it wrong. I heard it wrong. So I go on, I go on the WWE Twitter page and I'm like, shoot, I did not hear that wrong whatsoever. And that just really bum, bums me out. I don't want to know that next week I'm going to be talking about something that I could have seen the results for this week and i get it they're trying to push it closer to the date of the pay-per-view yeah. all of that but come up with something different i don't know just something different. well that that's one of the things denise is that people will say oh well, what else should they do i don't know it's not my job to come up with their creative it's their job to come up with their creative and they do real bad at it they do real bad evan wright says follow cameron hawkins denise oh following seahawk will definitely keep you abreast of that situation for lack of a better oh, term oh the lady stuff yeah of course oh yeah i gotta keep up with all of the hot chicas you know yeah planet dan says if you want a giant raise blue chew code fightful bezos says i was heavily awaiting a three-way announcement yeah even that i think i would have left more satisfied because i just feel like drew will probably win next week unless unless drew loses and if he loses it'll be a distraction or interference I don't want a three-way. No. Pierce threatens to suspend Lashley without pay if he gets involved. Okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Aiden O'Donnell says, SRS is Denise's hot tag. Jobber Denise, hashtag Don Laura. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nikolai says, love the post shows as it helps keep me current with Raw. Stopped watching a long time ago due to lack of quality. Dark Elevation has been refreshing. I mean, if... If you want a show that makes sense, I mean, you, you can say that Dark Elevation is jobber matches and all that stuff, but those jobber matches matter in the long term of AEW because there's a good chance that people are going to pop up and get title matches or At something. At least you're seeing some fresh matchups, though. At least get that. Get some variety. Yep. Yep. 
New Eva Marie vignette airs. How about this, Denise? I'm going to have a scoop on Fightful Select Ooh. about Eva Marie. Can we get any hints? It's about tentative plans for her, yes. Oh, okay. it'll, it'll be on FightfulSelect.com. We also see these very specific promos from John Morrison, Braun Strowman, Damian Priest. Now, younger fans will not know or remember like what these are or what they reference. But back in the 80s, Denise, I can't remember exactly what they called them. But the house show business was so important to WWE and, and AWA and anybody else. They would do these market-specific promos. They would go in. They would do like a full day of taping. And they would have people come in and be like, come to Houston on June 12th because we'll be back on the road. Well, they didn't say back on the road. They were just always on the road. They never left the road back then. But you see these super, super scripted promos. And I was like, okay, I see what they're a nod to. So I, I didn't mind it. I was like, okay, they don't have anything for these three people. They're on TV, whatever. Uh, localized promos is uh, Joel Pearl said what they called it. What did you think of these? At first, well, I liked the Damien Priest one. I thought that one was fine. The Braun Strowman one, it looked like he was reading from a teleprompter, so that one looked a little funky. And that one aired before the Damien Priest one, too, so it kind of yeah. took me a little bit like, mm. uh, And then who else did? Was it? Okay, I'm trying to remember who else did one. Morrison. Morrison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, his I didn't really pay that much attention to. I did like the Damien Priest one, though. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're fine. I really liked the nod to nostalgia. I was like, okay, cool. Oh, boy. This starts some of the stuff that I really hated on this show. Oh, here we go. Why? First off, why does Rhea Ripley care about Charlotte? Charlotte lost last week. I like, don't know. There's, And that's not even, honestly, that's not even the biggest why. Oh, oh that, yeah, that's not the biggest why. But then a, a great-looking Nikki Cross comes in i've i've heard she's been working her ass off you how yes you could see it right away and, and i thought she looked wonderful before i thought she looked wonderful before she looked like an athlete before she still does but uh she's very clearly worked very hard and she walks up and she's like hey i want this match can one of you guys beat me in two minutes yada yada and then we get one of the most puzzling booking situations like i don't know if they could have booked this any worse denise nikki cross is out there with rhea ripley who is not taking this seriously nikki cross is like looking at her fake watch and pointing at the thing implying that like nikki needs to win the match in under two minutes no she just needed to survive two minutes so nikki beats her up for 45 seconds and rhea ripley is so Seamus. Mad that Nikki Cross would dare to fight her, that Nikki Cross, who was in a wrestling match, would dare to hit her. Oh my God, I didn't expect this. And, and keep in mind, I got to reiterate this. This is about the character Rhea Ripley. I know the woman behind the character probably thought of this and went, man, this is stupid. And I don't want to speak for her, but she probably looked at it and said, this is dumb. So what they do is they have her just attack Nikki Cross for like a minute straight and completely forget she's in a two-minute challenge match. Nikki Cross is running around the ring like Bo Dallas. Woo! I lasted two minutes! I'm one of the greatest women's tag team champions of all time, 
but I'm so excited that I lasted two minutes in the ring. So Nikki Cross looks happy that she merely exists, which to be fair, she's been off TV and the story that WWE did not make up, we made up in our own heads, is that the only reason she was on TV in the first place is because she was Alexa Bliss's friend and Alexa Bliss noticed her one time and said, hey. And Nikki literally said, you you noticed me? Like, you, nobody notices me here. Now, if that were the story, that'd be one thing. But it's not, Denise. They forgot about that because nothing matters. And Rhea looks like a dummy. And and what did I'll tell you what didn't get... Rhea Ripley over is being a dummy. It's just beating people's asses. Oh, this was so stupid. Nobody got over. Absolutely nobody got over. So Rhea Ripley looked absolutely dumb in this. And I really hate saying that because I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. And I was so excited for her winning the, the title. And I was so much more. I was looking forward to there being more to be excited about her as a champion. But sadly, this was bad. If I'm just a casual viewer tuning in and watching this, I'm thinking to myself, you know who the star in this was? Charlotte Flair. Yes. She came out and she looked like a star. And then poor Rhea Ripley, they have her having the you know the oh that i just messed up face they just have her doing that shot that's not a champion that i'm gonna cheer for exactly that's not a champion that i'm gonna get behind of that i'm gonna root for and nikki cross having her celebrate like like that which is fine okay that's cute and all but for me it's more of the two minutes the two minutes makes her look incompetent like she can't put together this you know match like she like she barely made like she's some sort of rookie that's what it felt like it felt like she was a rookie and this was her first match and oh let's see if she can hang in there for two minutes let's see if she can do it that's exactly what this felt like and I was not a fan of this whatsoever nobody looked good not Rhea not Nikki um I mean Charlotte but it wasn't even that the bar wasn't even set that high in this so this was very oh and then also too one of the things also that I wanted to point out is that Adnan Verk, he said when, uh, well, not when Nikki Cross came out because Nikki Cross didn't have an entrance. But at the top of this, he made sure to mention that Nikki Cross has not had a match since the night after Royal Rumble. And I'm like, bro, that is not something we want to brag about here. That yeah. does not make Nikki Cross look good whatsoever. In fact, you're telling the viewers, why the hell should I even care about Nikki Cross? Well, there are a lot of people passionate about this. Nerd Guru says, for the love of God, I can't think of a match I don't want to see again more than Oscar versus Charlotte, which happened right after this. And they've got good chemistry, but I didn't need to see it. Boy, will I attack this in a minute. Evan Wright says, Rhea hasn't recovered since her loss to Charlotte. Not not quite the same, no, but I, I would say that she's recovered quite a bit. Ken Shearer wants us to do an I'm mad shirt. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Rafael Garcia says that match should have been a blue chew ad read. That's the only way that I got over. I mean, if you're so excited that you're lasting two minutes, Denise, you didn't see my tweet. I did see Where it. Did you? Oh, thanks. And then give me crap. You know, I, I, I tried to, it, thanks. yeah, I try to not get spoiled by the show though. No, I was going to say my blue chew line was fantastic. You could have said it right now, headed into your blue chew segment. I got somebody else running the show tonight. Sorry. Some stupid punk says it's everyone favorite. It's everyone's favorite game is Rhea, a face or a heel. Yep. Yep. Like, today she was, a face in the backstage? I don't know. And then she was a heel? I don't know. I can't even decide. 
Our friend at One Struggle Radio says you're showing some love. Uh, big thank you, John. We appreciate you. Nerd Guru says, so Asuka beat Charlotte last week, then Charlotte beats Asuka in the same way this week and gets the title match? No sense whatsoever. Oh boy, Denise. It happened right after this. Brandon Charles Powell says, never did I thought I'd get, get annoyed at the idea of seeing Charlotte face Asuka, but congrats, Raw. You win. And Evan Wright said, they made me not care about Asuka-Charlotte matches from this point forward. How do they mess up these layup great things? Raw sucks. Some good limb work from Charlotte. This was a solid match. Charlotte attacked the leg really, really well. It was great. But Denise, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Oscar beat her last week. Oscar beat her last month. Why does Charlotte deserve? The, why does? Well, I mean, we already know they had a good match, but I might as well point out some of the things that I liked. I did like her attacking the left knee, but there was a moment where she was uh, like slapping her as she was as she um, she was slapping her and then got her into a Boston Crab. I actually did like all of that. I like her doing the moonsault and then doing the backflip on her. I thought that was really cool. I like um, great spots in this match. A lot of great spots. All the kicks from Asuka. I didn't like the finish. The finish was lame, but at the same, does it matter? It doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter. But at least I liked the match. It was fine. That's the problem. It never matters. It never, ever matters. And they've conditioned the audience that it never matters. And now with Showbuzz Daily going away, it's not going to be put on display how little it matters to so many people. Like there's, unless those numbers get out there publicly, WWE is they're going to have less to answer to quite frankly. And Oh boy, this a really good match that I thought that has been deemed like utterly pointless. And you know what though? I just got to say like, and it sucks too, because they're such great workers, especially together, Charlotte and Oscar. So it sucks that they go out there, they put their best work and that unfortunately because of the placement of all, them always having to have these matches together. It really sucks because then people just automatically tune out and they don't they don't deserve that because they genuinely put together really good matches. And I feel bad for Asuka and Charlotte when that happens. But at the same time, it's like, just give them a break. Have them do something different. Don't keep do, especially don't have these matches back to back. It just hurts them. Bill Mitchell says, uh, Monday Night Raw, where promising NXT careers go to die. Several of them. Some stupid punk says, as we all know, Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling. Can we all write her a letter asking for more women than just Rhea, Charlotte, and Asuka? They added an NXT tag team title, Denise, when they didn't need one. They didn't have enough NXT teams. They got four or five. uh, And one of them is now world champ. They've got like four women's tag teams in the main roster. How many times did we see Ember, Shotzi, Candice, Indy? I mean, and, like and a billion w- times. And we could be featuring two of those women on Raw, Raw or SmackDown right now, just with the tag titles, and it'd be better. Uh, Nick says, what's stopping them from doing a reset on Raw? Those never go over well. They never end well. When you say, hey, everything you've watched sucks, we're doing a complete reset, it just it just doesn't work like Honestly, that. Honestly, my hope right now is that there are qu- – I hate to say this, but like saving stuff for like when the crowds come back. And I know that sucks to say because at the end of the day, people are still watching every week and you don't want to go in there and feel like it's a chore to watch the show. But right now, it seems like my only hope for the actual product to get better 
is hoping that things change when the fans come back. But then at the same time, it's like we had fans and there were certain shows where, again, they weren't that great either. But they they do that all the time. Oh, well, after WrestleMania, it'll get better. Oh, well, after the draft, it'll get better. After the shakeup, it'll get better. Oh, just, just wait until SmackDown gets on Fox. It'll be better. Just wait until the new deal kicks in, the new money kicks in. It'll be better. It's never better. It never gets better. It never improves on a consistent level, ever. Sexy Pheasant says, well, I'll, I'll take that back. Briefly after the brand split in 2016, SmackDown got much better and was an awesome show. Sexy Pheasant says, I watched Bucks crush the heat and that was better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm uh, Nerd Guru says, remember when they knew Raw was so bad that Kayfabe said it, it was all Corbin's fault? Oh Talk about God. not being self-aware. Yeah. I mean... They've come up with 10 or 11 different schemes, Denise. Like every every few months, there's a new scam. There's a new thing that they can blame it on. Right now, they can blame it on COVID. That's just a given. You can blame it on that. Blame it on the fact that there's no crowds. Poor Baron Corbin. I wonder if he ever got over that. <laughs> but I mean, they, they did You Are the Authority. They did the Shake Up. They did the wild card. They did the brand-to-brand invitational. They did a draft. They they moved to Fox. They hired Eric Bischoff. They hired Paul Heyman. They fired Eric Bischoff. They fired Paul Heyman. They hired Bruce Pritchard. They did Raw Underground. They did the retribution thing the week after the investor call where they said, what are you going to do about creative? They did that thing where they turned the lights out on Raw for the third hour for like two weeks. They did the no more commercials during matches. And everything turned into two out of three falls or got reset. It's never just, let's make a show that makes sense. Let's make a show that matters more. That's exciting. Exciting. That's exciting. And it starts from the top. When your titles and the people that hold them mean more, so does everything below it. Because the people that are going for that title, they have something that they care about. They have something that they're after. And then everybody else below them does too. Makovsky says, I could be the lead writer of Raw, Control C, Control V. I could be the I could be the writer. I could be the commentary. I mean, I'll just multitask right there. Oh man. JL says, enjoy double or nothing, my friends. Take a lot of pictures. I'm hoping to. There's gonna be a lot of cool people there. Very excited to see you guys. I really am. Jamie Miles says, is there an actual superstar on Raw? Lashley, I think, is close. Charlotte could be one. But other than that, they make everybody womp mid. I mean, Bobby Lashley has the ladies, so I guess he would be the superstar. <laughs> yeah. I am Malucha says, genuinely disturbs me that those of us who see major problems with the brand, not individual shows, are in the minority. How is this possible? I don't think you are in the minority. Their audience has more than halved over the past few years. And DVRs and streaming existed a few years ago. Um, Brandon Charles Powell says, Raw's like this make me want to use one of my three wishes from the genie to become in charge of Raw. Wish somebody else was at this point. Just have Uh, like special guest writers for the shows. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We get a really good video package about the Hurt Business. And then we listen to Cedric yell at Shelton. This was a little did too he long. Sound different to you today? Yes, he did. Was he sick? Shelton, look at me! Look at me, Shelton! 
I was like, does he always talk like this? I was trying to remember what his voice sounded like, but I wasn't too sure. Like for some reason, I was like, does he always sound like this? I couldn't remember. Uh, the ref making Shelton listen to, to Cedric. I would have been more like, Cedric, get in the ring or we're going to count you out. Just, yeah. just do it. The match was fine, but you know what, Denise? We saw it two weeks ago. You know what's sad, too, is that when I found out, like, this was the match we were seeing, I felt like I had already seen it a hundred times. I was like, oh, wait, no, I haven't. This is only the second time. But I already felt like I had seen it one million times. And I did like Cedric's promo. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I did, It too. was essentially the same exact thing that we heard last time. Uh, other than the the his voice sounding different, there was really nothing here where I was like, cool, thumbs up. There really wasn't anything. I like the in-ring work. I thought it was really good. It felt more like a fight at times. Like even when Cedric had Shelton in a side headlock or, or a headlock on the ground, he was punching uh, Shelton. But they, yeah. they went right into the match. Then they did an attack angle. Then they had another match. And of course, it's 50-50, Denise. Shelton won last time. Cedric won this time. Who's over? Who got over? Nobody. 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 Although I did like when Shelton snapped during this match when Cedric was kicking him on the chest. And then like it kind of seemed yeah. like Cedric had the best of him. But then Shelton's like, no, baby, no. This ain't happening like this. <laughs> I like that, too. That was good. Drew, Drew Nicholas says the best thing should happen but won't or but won't will is after Hell in a Cell WWE goes on a month. High, they ain't doing that. They are never, ever, 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 never, ever going on a hiatus unless COVID or something like that forces them out. I know that people say, oh, they should have a, an off-season. That ain't going to help them. Off-season ain't going to help them. They've got writers. They've got a constant stream of creative. They have a ton of creative wrestlers that pitch ideas. They ain't ever taking time off because taking time off means they don't make money. They will never do an off-season. Ever, ever, never. Never. <laughs> Bezo Banks says, had so many bang your head on the table moments tonight. Yeah. Jamie wants us to celebrate your birthday again. How was your birthday, Denise? It was actually pretty good, but I felt like a fatty because I ate a whole box of, of macaroons, a 12 pack by myself. Oh, I'm eating that. I'm eating that. I ate 30 or not 30. <laughs> I, <What? laughs> I was about to say, tomorrow I'm eating a 30 piece nugget from Chick-fil-A. I'm going to eat one of those because they got those small nuggets. Oh, but yeah, really today sweet. I ate three chili dogs. And I, I thought was you like, were on a diet, Sean. Well, I got on the bike for like 70 minutes and a thousand calories today. So I was like, all right, I can handle this. I can do this today. So yeah. And then I went to Universal Studios, which was really fun. I hadn't uh, gone anywhere in like forever. I actually went on a ride and I was like, oh my God. It was like the first time I had ever gone anywhere. It was amazing. It feels weird, doesn't it? Like, it, it feels was so weird. weird. It was weird, but I will give Universal Studios credit for this because they were really like in like other than the fact like when you're walking on the actual park, when you're in the in the actual rides, they really do space people out and keep them like all yeah. by themselves, which was nice so that was pretty cool i mean i had a good time yeah I'm, I'm hoping to go to king's island this summer i mean i've already got like four or five trips planned i don't like to travel and i'm like i'm traveling this year i don't even care gotta. uh we've got jose saying want you all to do a slow motion run towards each other at double nothing <laughs> i'm sure like this i'm I sure missed it i'm sure when do you get in you get in saturday right <laughs> I hope we don't get flagged for that. 
you won't get flagged for that. You no. you get in Saturday, right? No, because I didn't know they were doing Fan Fest. And also, I have to do my show Friday night. So I'm leaving Saturday morning at 6 a.m. L.A. time and arriving at 4.30 Florida time. P.M.? Yeah, P.M. Damn. I know. That's a haul. That's a trip. Dude, it's eight hours. I was like, bro, I didn't realize how far Florida was. Yeah, it's very far. Uh, Adnan made me LMAO, says Matthew Makovsky. During a match, he said, oh, baby, we had somebody that was going off laughing about this in our in our chat. Where was he ever? Sean, have you ever, ever in your entire life ever heard somebody on commentary say, oh, baby, on commentary? (laughs) Leo was going off about that. I love it. Uh, That was so bad. He's not good. It I'm was not good. so, so bad that it was embarrassing that it was funny. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think at this point, I'm going to take it for what it is and just laugh because there was like the, the I can't do the laugh. There's like a <laughs> laugh that he oh, does. God. I don't think it goes like that, but he does something along those lines that just makes me, I'm just like, all right, I'll take it for what it is. Oh, Joshua, but- thank you. Thank you for the, the uh, super chat for this 1990s joke here. Good, good job. But uh, get in your super chats, guys. We're already headed down the home stretch. We had Sheamus defeating Humberto, I think. Uh, yeah, he beat Humberto. Uh, and he's Humberto's fine. That's good. But I don't need to see this match again. But uh, the match, whatever. Humberto's got some beautiful offense. Apparently, none of the commentary knows what a flying back elbow is. That's neat. Uh, they get paid the big bucks. To say, whoa, and ha and what a maneuver. But don't know what a back elbow is. Cool. But Brian F. sends a super chat and says, Ricardo and Humberto tag team wrestling plus WWE equals catering. That's sad because what I saw after this match was probably the best thing I've ever seen Humberto do. This was awesome. Like they were doing 450s and moonsaults and lion salts and centons and all this crazy stuff. One after the other, after the other, after the other. And I was like, oh my God, I just want to see this in a team. Like they could do so well at this. Yeah, I like that too. And I mean, this is not the first time that we've seen both of these guys, you know, shine together. And I feel like might as well pull the plug now. They need tag teams, right? Do it. Do it. I mean, what else are they going to be doing? What else? I want to see this so bad. Bezo Banks says, Denise, did you catch stories with SRS Friday? It was really good. No, I didn't. I told a story about a guy that I've beaten up and I've seen beaten up like probably 20 times. He's He got beat up a lot when we were younger. He bit a cop. Same guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He would always get in fights and he would always lose. But uh, oh, he, sad. it's oh, it's not sad. It is not sad oh, whatsoever. He's not a nice person. No, no, he's a terrible person. Oh. One of the worst people I've ever known. Uh, but he bit a cop. He tried to steal a phone from Verizon and bit a cop. Where did he bite him? Like what body part? I think the arm. I think is what it was. Bit him on the arm. Oh, but it's on the post SmackDown show. Make sure you guys check it out. By the way, a programming note for you guys this Friday. Uh, there's no AEW show on Wednesday because AEW is happening at 10 Friday. So we're going to have the post-Smackdown show, Jeremy and Robert, and then we're going to have a post-AEW show. After that, Alex Sour Graps, and uh, I get the feeling it'll be more like Sweet Graps. It'll be more like beautiful sweet fruit as opposed to Sour Graps, but it's going to be 
a good time. Check it out. A much better time than Jackson Riker defeating AJ Styles. And I said that under no circumstances should he beat AJ Styles. He did in TNA once, which was or a couple times. Uh, but there were people like, why? Because of his politics? And I'm like, no, because he's no good. Because he stinks at this. Because he's not entertaining. Any of those reasons. I was going to say, look, in the nicest way possible, if you're going to have AJ lose to somebody, at least have it not be somebody who's not good in the ring. At least have it be somebody that is good. That's it. It's that simple. This was a distraction, or not a distraction, an interference loss for AJ Styles. What what more can I and in like half a minute? Now here's the conundrum. It's like, well, are we happier that it took a minute? Or do we wish it got more time so AJ looked stronger? But I'm like, no, nah, nah, I'd rather them just not waste my time. But AJ did look like he looked weak here. But Omos chased Elias and threw him into the video board. That was cool. But Denise, I feel like they could have done this without pinning AJ Styles. Okay, so definitely Omas running was the highlight of this entire thing. I was like, yes. whoa, look at him go. He's so fast. Uh, I thought that was pretty – I mean, considering his size, I mean, come on. The guy was moving. Uh, I liked everything after that. I thought that was fine. But, again, it was kind of like just seeing Jackson Riker went, beat AJ Styles. My issue is, like, I get it, you know, with the interference with Elias and all of that. It's just – it's still not believable, you know? I can't yeah. But yay, Omas. Oh, man. So this sucked. This sucked. They could have just not done this match. And Sean, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and this could be like, I don't know, do, do your thing. Do you think they're going to destroy the Thunderdome? Like... I hope. Ditch it and like go I, yeah, I hope it's Braun destroying it. I hope Braun, honestly, with Riker would be a good idea. Just Braun <laughs> kicks the living shit out of somebody and destroys everything. And then maybe you get him over a little bit more there. Uh, Evan Wright says, AJ is bulletproof, but is he Riker proof? Man, when I see somebody taking an L like that, Denise, before WrestleMania, he had been on such a hot streak where like, who are they heating him up for? Well, they're yeah. heating him up to be a tag team champion that then loses a bunch. Yeah. Talk about something totally different. I mean, for a while, yeah, you're right. For a while, everybody was talking about the fact that, oh, AJ's being booked so well. AJ this, AJ that. And we get this tag team with a Maz. They're gone for I don't know how long, a couple of weeks. Now they're back and it's like nobody cares. Once they set the match between AJ and New Day, he lost to Kofi. He lost to Xavier twice. Uh, he has lost to Jackson Riker. He lost that six man. It's 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 counterproductive. Once somebody wins a championship, they they start losing. Cyclops says, "Am I high, or did I hear that Riker beat AJ?" You probably are, but yes, you did hear that right. And Bezos says, "Don't mind me, just waiting for the Riker rant tonight." It's like I almost don't have the energy for it. It's like. What can I say that everybody doesn't already know based on on just watching it unfold? Like, I won't even get into the social and political stuff. Like, that, that's completely separate of this. 
He's no good. I don't even. Oh, in the nicest way possible. I don't even think I can separate it. I just kind of feel like it's unfortunate. But when things like that happen, you kind of always have that reminder. I'm sorry. But when Jackson Riker comes out on TV, I'm just automatically reminded of, you know. Yeah. Stuff. (laughs) And and, and me saying saying he's no good. Me saying he's no good is me being nice. Yeah, exactly. I I didn't want to be so harsh on here, but yeah, I feel the exact same way. Oh, man. I feel like they could have just completely shaved this off the show, and I would have been all right. And you know what? You'd be better off if you'd shave a little something off yourself. Support for today's episode comes from manscaped.com. Manscaped.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is just around the corner. You probably need a gift for your hairy-ass dad. Make sure your dad is proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. What are you doing, Denise? Oh, I was going to write a sign. Continue on. Of course. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. And their brand has new shaving tools that just dropped right in time for Father's Day. The Lawn Mower. Oh, 4.0 trimmer is now available in the U.S. and Canada. But what makes this waterproof trimmer different from all the others? 7,000 RPM trimmer. That is more powerful than Denise's car. And it features skin-safe technology to keep your ball sack in check and has reduced manscaping accidents around the world. It is a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock created for jet setters and travelers. So maybe you're heading to Jacksonville, and you didn't get yourself a little bit of a Waxonville down there. So shave your pubes with manscaped.com. There there are multi-steps, too. Like the Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit with a crop exfoliator, it's got crop gel, and then you get time to shave. What? What is it? Yeah, that too. Shave your pubes. Stop imagining your dad has it covered. He probably doesn't. He probably is not hip to all this technology. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL at Manscaped. Invest in the best, newest technology, manscaped.com, code FIGHTFUL. And she'll stain, oh, baby. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) What? Sorry. (sighs) Denise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm inappropriate. Just cancel me. I'm done. Let's talk about the best thing on Monday Night Raw. Okay. Cable and Allen or Cable Allen says Woods versus Riddle humped only part of Raw I watched. And Ricardo says it was humpalicious. It was. This match was so unbelievably good. I'll get into the individual spots, but this felt like a statement match for Xavier Woods. It felt like he went out there to prove a point. And Riddle's been having amazing matches nonstop ever since he's been on Raw. Can't remember like a time where he had like a bad match. He is one of the best doing it in the ring right now. And I think you got to put Xavier Woods right up there with him. Uh, We have not really got to see Sheamus stretch his legs the way that he was for a while. So Riddle is kind of past him in that regard for me. 
but this match was insane. There were some spots I really thought that they were just going to, that was going to be it. Uh, Orlando says, well, at least two things happen, good ha- things happen on Raw. Woods and Riddle and Cedric and Shelton, the storyline. This match, Denise, kicked ass. Tell me what you thought about it. All right, so I love this match. I thought that, okay, so for Matt Riddle, he's, I have to agree with you. I think he's completely at this point kind of outshine Sheamus because I think for a while they were going back and forth in terms of they were really having the best work on uh, a couple of weeks on Raw continuously. Mm-hmm. But I think that Matt Riddle, and that's that's what I like right now with Randy Orton is that we're starting to see this edge now from Matt Riddle. And we saw that even tonight after his match. But I thought that everything that they did, the way that they started, when they did all of the mat work in the beginning, I liked all of that. Uh, there was a moment where he got uh, swung by Woods uh, like onto like a suplex position that looked really phenomenal. That was pretty awesome. I liked uh, – I'm trying to think what else I like. There was, there was, oh yeah, the deadlift German suplex I liked. I thought that was pretty cool from the ropes to the ring. I thought that was an awesome moment there. But they just did a lot of creative stuff in like the short period of time that I personally very much enjoyed. And here's the thing too, is that they really just need to continue doing this with Matt Riddle. If they continue doing this with Matt Riddle, I swear he can definitely be somebody that can be up there, you know, challenging Bobby Lashley pretty soon. If Bobby Lashley is still champion by then, they can definitely do that and with Xavier Woods you're right this definitely got him out of you know always sort of just being you know the funny guy and yeah we know it they're an awesome tag team but I feel like we're already used to that's what we expect out of him and in, in the new day we already expect for them to be this phenomenal tag team but mm-hmm. on his own we don't always get to see this that often and this was a fresh matchup for the both of them as well I thought top to bottom, this was definitely the best match of the night, and it was well worth it. If you didn't watch Raw, I would go out of my way to at least watch this match. One of the top matches uh, on Raw over the past, I would say, past year or so, one of the best of the pandemic, I thought. This was a ground style that we don't often get to see out of Xavier Woods. We got to see him grapple around a little bit, and he did some amateur wrestling in his day as well. Like he's He's so versatile and... Seeing this, I'm like, man, he could go on a Kofi run. Like, I don't know if WWE will book him as like, oh, this is your contender. This is your contender. But I think like a Kofi arc where it's like he's he's having it thrown in his face. You're not a contender. You are the third wheel. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I'll show you I'm not. I think one of those is is in the cards. And I think he would kill it. He is amazing in the ring. Matt Riddle can have amazing matches with almost anybody, it seems. But this match was a special match. That monkey flip into a suplex, I couldn't believe what I saw. I hit the back 15 seconds button on my my YouTube TV just to see that again. It was unreal. I think that if they were to just continue doing matches like this, not even just for Matt Riddle, but just in general – matches that we don't get to see very often they could do it it's simple come on yeah. this is an example of that it was amazing um that german suplex from the middle rope oh boy commentary we we, we harp on them a lot they sold that one really well and they <laughs> were like that when what they said to be oh th- it was more like they didn't say this but it was more like forget him kicking out is he alive right now type of thing and xavier kicked out in in such such dramatic fashion and even though he lost it was so good the 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 reverses 
into the bro Derek over and over and over and over. I thought that was so, it was like funny, but also very impressive. And then that finish, Riddle just pops up and does a, an RKO, a really good one too, and gets the win. Randy's starting to turn him a little bit. And we talked about that last yes. week where it kind of felt like that was the plan. That was the direction that they're going in. And we saw it more today. And even him doing the RKO. I thought that was an awesome finish and uh, like awesome finish for him and unexpected. It was so good. This is the best thing on Monday Night Raw right now. Bar none, by it's far. Only thing. Yeah, it is. They're usually good for one good story at a time. And this is it. Uh, that was amazing. You all should really watch this. Xavier Woods, I had tweeted this out. He's been on TV for 13 years now since TNA. It, we've always known how good he is. And I've never doubted that he could pull off something like this, but it still feels like this was almost like a star-making singles performance because everybody was talking about him. It was so cool. Which is crazy to say, too, because it's Xavier Woods, and it's not like he's yeah. brand new to the roster. He's so not a secret not, at all. Yeah, it's not a secret that he's talented. So that's why, like, I even felt weird saying, like, oh, he's kind of, like, out of the shadow of Kofi Kingston. But then you're like, well, what do you mean he's out of the shadow? But it's kind of hard to explain. Just this was a this was a really good showcase for him. DeLeo says, New Day is amazing because it could all be individual runs and programs and still work great as a team. I wish they would take more of that from AEW, that people can have singles and tag team runs at the same time. I, I wish I wish that would happen. And Brandon Charles Powell says, love seeing what the New Day members can do as individuals. If we don't have a King of the Ring run that ends with Xavier winning that thing because we know how much it means to him, they are screwing up. We know how important it is to him. Evan Wright says, oh, baby, turning into the new must be nice. Well, I mean, I got an AEW interview and a WWE interview, so I can't say must be nice uh, anymore. twice, too, on the show. He had another oh, baby at another point in time. I forgot when he said it again, but he did say it twice. Jamie Miles says, your cop-biting friend, meth or something else. I would say meth and something else, uh, knowing him. Fun. Orlando says, I feel Woods is happy with his position. I hope for a singles run. No, I, I doubt that Xavier Woods is a just happy to be their guy. Nothing about Xavier Woods' personality strikes me as a happy to be their guy. If he was a happy to be their guy, I don't think up, up, down, down would exist. If he was a happy to be their guy, I don't think as, as much of the bad material that he and those guys are given would be turned into great material. Uh, so he does not strike me as a happy to be there guy. He seems like a, I like my job an awful lot, but I'm going to make something good out of this type of guy. Uh, Kim Chi says, what do you think of Kofi beating Big E, Xavier beating Kofi? Xavier goes for the handshake and Kofi hits him with the trouble in paradise. They have said repeatedly, they will never break up. They will never turn on each other. And I believe them for their word, Denise. I think they would stand up for that. Uh, Kazim Famuyade, who worked with them, very close on the writing team said that ain't ever happening said that to me multiple times definitively what do you think denise i think given all of their merch sales it ain't happening and all of the cool things and the cool projects that they have done and can still be doing i don't see it happening yeah oh main event time geez so Monday night monkeys, Paul Denise. I am so happy that a title like the women's tag team titles is highlighted in a main event match. 
but not this one. I don't have anything to say other than this was kind of very unfortunate because at first I thought, well, this is interesting to have this at the main event. You know, part of me is like good for them. And part of me is, oh, this is not going to go well. But I didn't expect it to go this way. So Shayna wants Reginald to stay backstage. And then when she's in control, Reginald comes out. Whatever. This match is all over the place. And Reginald hops up when... Shane is about to get put in the sharpshooter and she rolls up Natalia, but Reginald causes the distraction inadvertently and costs her the match. And while Shane is like, you cost me the match. She's actively not beating Natalia. She's sitting there distracting herself. So Reginald goes to leave and fire explodes. And then Shane gets beat. Do you think they're going to do Shayna versus Reginald in an exploding barbed wire death match? Well, I wish they would. That explosion was a lot better than AEW's. But the end of this show is Shayna, like, getting in Reginald's face, like, I'm going to destroy you. And it's like, we've seen him get beaten up multiple times. Like, this is not new. And I feel bad for Reginald, like, and, and I know we're supposed to. We're supposed to feel bad for Reginald. I we think. are? I don't feel I, bad for Reginald. I mean, I feel bad that he's going to get the shit kicked out of him by Shayna because he seems like a oh. nice fella. Seems no, like a nice I'm guy. Rooting. I'm waiting for Shayna. I'm like, I'm like, kill him, Shayna. Kill him. <laughs> yeah, I got I got polar opposites to feelings about Well, Anurag says, Reginald main eventing Raw. I laugh for five minutes straight. Do you think this main event's next week? Over Kofi and Drew? No, but here's what I wanted to get at is think about this. Think about the big picture here. The payoff, the closing image for today's Raw was Shayna and Reginald. That's the big come next week because this is what's going to be happening moment. Like really think about that. Think about the people that you have on this roster that could be telling these incredible stories. You have so many people that could be having this moment at the end of the clo- like the closing of Raw, but we're having the closing moment come to the next week moment be between Shayna and Reginald. I'm okay, sorry. Okay. So somebody in the chat says this. I thought they were too. Oh my God. Me too. No lie. When she was grabbing them, I was like, are they going to kiss? I was like, are they going to have Shayna kiss Reginald? I don't know why, but it's because she had like her, she was like grabbing him so intently. And if any romantic movie tells you anything, you're like, okay, she's totally going to kiss him. Yeah. I totally thought that. And I wasn't going to say anything because I was like, I don't want to look like an idiot. (laughs) Well, that's the problem. We watch movies. Vince McMahon does not watch movies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bid moon says eva equals all everything fire we'll see i've heard the plans uh, there's something there's something i can't give away too much but there's something uh Nurguru says sasha and bailey should begrudgingly reunite as a team after losing to bianca and get those tag titles back only meant something on them i thought it meant something with alexa and nikki i thought alexa and nikki were really good champions at one point but mm. Man. Well, guys, that's the show. Please leave a thumbs up. Also, guys, uh, Cesar Benoni's wife is battling leukemia. There's a GoFundMe up now. They have passed their goal. But uh, I'm sure, as many of you know, in situations like that, you can never be too sure 
there have been uh, a ton of wrestlers that I have seen that that donated from Matt Cardona, Britt Baker, Tony Khan uh, put 10K down. I saw Malcolm Bivens. I saw Chris Jericho, uh, Cody Rhodes. There, uh, I think Dax did as well. There are so many wrestlers that are reaching out to help. Uh, but I encourage you guys to as well. Very sad situation. Obviously, we want to want to help him out as best we can. Last super chat of the night. Kim Chi says Shane will get pregnant from Reginald and give birth to a hand. What a follow up to a serious topic. Jesus, I I regret placing that there immediately. Denise, what do you got going on this week? I'm meeting you for the first time. You That's are. my big moment for the are weekend. You, are you excited? No, I'm terrified. Why? I don't know. I just put you in the million dollar dream. No, I just feel like you're going to be like, I don't know. Mean. Why would I be mean to you? I don't know. (laughs) I think you'll come to find out. I'm a very nice person. I ever, why, why do people think I'm mean? Is it because I don't think you're mean. I mean, there are some people like they'll pop into my, they'll pop into my Twitter replies and be like real professional shot. And I'm like, well, a quick way to not get dunked on by me on Twitter is don't be a dick to me and I'm not going to be a dick to you. That's how it happens every single time. I will tell you this though. I really appreciate your Twitter drama. In fact, I look forward to it every day. So just FYI, thank you for, for feeding the tea, bringing the tea. <laughs> but have you ever once seen me be put- mean someone? No, no. That didn't have it coming. That no. didn't do something. Oh, exactly. That no. didn't. Unless they were malicious first, I'm just like, eh, I'll mute them. I'll block them. Who cares? Yeah. No, I was just kidding. I didn't want. I didn't want you to think that. I really thought okay. you were mean. Good. Good. <laughs> I, I, I promise. Answer, I, so I, I promise. Like, I'm not right, mean. Cool. I'm gonna say Sean is mean. We right, have a now, now. People are gonna think like, oh my god, Denise Salcedo, she, she she's terrified of Sean and she works with him and oh, this, <laughs> the, the rumors are gonna come out, Sean, and my soundbite's gonna be on. They're gonna cut this clip. And oh, then, I love yeah, it. It's gonna be t- it's gonna be sad. We do have a couple more super chats. Bezo says, "What upsets me is that Reginald gets more women matches than women on the main roster." Riot Squad, Naomi, Mandy, specifically Riot Squad and Nikki Cross don't get booked. But- and I bet you Reginald gets more than two minutes next week. Do and it. he's very talented. But come on. And this is a super chat I love, and I forgot. Xavier's in second fiddle. He's first trombone. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Amazing. Guys, I am back on Wednesday with a listen your boy at 3 p.m. Eastern. Other than that, you'll have to go to Fightful Select to see me. I'm doing a live Q&A this week. I don't know the time yet. I'll kind of put it out there, but I'll be answering questions live. Uh on YouTube or on Fightful Select? On Fightful Select. It'll be on Fightful Select. But I'll be doing a live Q&A this week. Might open it up. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, might do that as, as a make good for me not being on some of these, these weekend shows. But this weekend, we've got full coverage of everything. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll film Denise trying to beat me up at some point. Uh, you know, uh, Denise getting hit with an RKO. Um yeah. Yeah, no, I think people would pay more money to see me beat you up. No, not, not at all. That. Yes. Guys, thank you all so much. Please leave a thumbs up on this video. Until next time, we're out.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.